Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and today's episode is the quarter three update to my runway to retirement. So what is the runway to retirement? I started this podcast to record me building my runway to retirement and for it to be a side hustle. So last week's episode was about what was going on with the podcast. And this week's episode is about building my runway to retirement. So I describe myself like, well, I used to describe myself like security. It's important to me. I'm a single mom. And when my son was younger, it was just really important that I, you know, crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's financially because I just felt that I wanted my son to have a better life than I did. And I needed to make financial moves that would bring me a sense of security. And I use the term a sense of security because what we know is like nothing in life is guaranteed or is truly secured. But I made and make conservative investments to some degree. And I try to put all these safety measures in place for myself financially. And planning or saving for retirement was one of those things. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that my retired self is named Lola. And why I've named her Lola is because whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And I feel like if I've worked hard for 30 plus, you know, 30 so years, then whatever I want at that point, I should be able to have. That doesn't mean that I don't enjoy life to the fullest right now, but I want Lola to be able to enjoy the life without even having to work. Like her time is her own and I really want her to really, and her is me, she is I, uh, to really be able to enjoy that. So what has happened thus far with my retirement? So I'm going to start with the numbers. And as I mentioned last week, I'm going to do better at tracking these numbers for you And I was saying it's for you or transparent with you because I actually track all this stuff with my Mint app. So I get to see whether it's up and down. I don't, I check Mint weekly, but more so for my weekly budget than my retirement savings. But because it's there, I get to see it. And I use Mint and I also use um, personal capital, which has been change to empower. So those are two apps that I use to just kind of like track my finances. Uh, I use the free version of both of them. Uh, So they work for me. So just to go over my numbers in my tax deferred annuity, 
which is a 403B. My total um, for the quarter is $631,717. So that's where I am at quarter three. I don't remember where I was at quarter two. Um, I'll look for that information, but I can't guarantee it, but I will record this and then compare whether I'm up or down. So in my TDA again, I'm at $631,717. I also contribute to the 457 plan. Now my 457 is divided into two buckets because I rolled over a um, 403B from a charter school into my deferred comp because I wanted to have all of my money in one place. I don't want to get statements from all over and I didn't want to forget money anywhere. So I have two buckets in deferred comp. The amount that I've, um, I've contributed into one regularly. And then the other one, that's the rollover from the charter school, as well as, um, Another little annuity that I received as a principal from New York City Public Schools when I left the principalship, that money had to be um, put into another account. So I chose to put it into my deferred comp. So the account that I've been contributing to um, in deferred comp, that one has $192,200 in it. And then the rollover amounts that I contribute, which I can no longer contribute to, but they are invested and they continue to earn money. Uh, That account has $109,791. So those are my tax deferred accounts that I have. And then I have a taxable account that I put in Vanguard. Um, just again, cause I told you I want options and I want security. So in that account, I put about $250 a month and it's currently has, uh, $16,056 in it. And that account is invested in, um, Vanguard's total stock market index and then Vanguard's total bond market index. So those are my retirement buckets. Um, those are the the balances. And the goal is, well, I know already because I use the fixed in the TDA that using the rule of 72 that I, when I leave, I'll have a million dollars into that account. Those accounts do not include my pension. So I do have... I do get a number for the pension, but the way our system works, that number isn't quite accurate because your pension is decided on your highest three last three years of working. If you're in tier three and four in New York City public school system. And so I don't really share that number because it's not what my actual pension will be. But you know that my pension, I always talk about my retirement cake. The pension is the cake. The TDA is the frosting. Deferred comp is the candles because I want to blow out candles at retirement. And social security is my sprinkles. And so when I talk about having security, I 
have those layers of my retirement cake, because I want my cake and eat it too, is to give me options. You know, people always like, am I going to have enough? What does that look like? Very fortunate to be a New York City public school teacher and still be eligible for a really quality pension. And so the pension really is the cake. It's what allows me to um, pay my bills and be okay. And when I say that, that it does, it will allow me to pay my bills um, and really live at the lifestyle that I've become accustomed to. But as you have inflation and things also happen in retirement, I also know that I needed to contribute to the um, 403 plan and decided to go even further and contribute to the 457 plan because I wanted to make sure that I was okay. And I believe that the greatest gift that I could give my son is for him to not have to take care of me in retirement. And I know that this will work, um, or I have strong faith that it will work because a former colleague of mine, her dad was a public school teacher and he passed away at about 94 and he did not outlive his pension and his 403B. So I know having those um, two kind of put me on track to really be able to maintain the lifestyle I've become accustomed to in retirement and even support me through a 40 or 50 year retirement um, if I live into my hundreds. So those are the numbers. What else has happened to me in building my retirement, my runway to retirement? So I have a certification as an accredited financial counselor. And as I shared in last week's episode, I have just been offering my services for free, truly to strengthen my practice. What do I want to see? But people have begun to say like, hey, I'll pay you for this because I'm getting such great advice that makes sense to me. So that makes me feel really good because I will be able to have testimonies and really do that realistically after retirement. So that's been a plus. The other thing is that I have an executive coaching um, certification. And so as part of my regular job, I do executive coaching for um, leadership. Uh, But I've just really formalized that in a way to make sure that I keep my licensing up, my certifications up, and that that's happening. So those are two things that I really feel confident about. I've been doing the coaching, um, the financial coaching probably for about three years now uh, since getting my certification. And I feel like I can put that tag on and the executive coaching for about two, two and a half years. So I'm doing them and I still like them. So that part is really important. Uh, As you know, listening to this podcast, like I started it when I thought like I had 10 years to retire. And so once I discovered that I could actually retire in the quicker than those or sooner than those 10 years, I've really just been exploring those options saying like, does this work for me? Doesn't that work for me? And right now, those things are still working for me. So I'm really excited about that. And I think it will make my transition into retirement a lot easier. The big thing about, um, as I say, I might be able to retire 
earlier than I initially thought was because I signed 2555 agreement, which meant I would have to work 25 years or give 25 years of service and be 55 years old in order to collect my pension. Well, I'll hit that 25 years of service before I hit my age of retirement. And so it's like, well, can you afford to retire? And that's the question that I keep asking myself over and over. Well, last week I looked at the amortization chart that I use. And so the chart that I use counts for my extra mortgage payment that I make every year. And I make a little bit more than an extra mortgage payment because when my PMI came off, I still made the the same exact payment, which was a little bit over what my extra payment is. So what I discovered is that when I have my 25 years of service, I will have a remaining balance of about $100,000 left on my mortgage. And I will have that amount plus more in my 457, which I can access right after, well, 45 days after I come off for payroll. So I can access that money and utilize that money to live for the remaining years before I hit 55. So here goes the security. It's not really the security of, oh, you have that money, but the money gives me options. The money says, hey, you can pay off the remaining balance of your mortgage, which would allow me, which would cut my cost of living and money I spend minimally by half, probably more than half because I spend a lot of, a a greater percent of my net pay goes to paying on my mortgage. My son will also be out of college and therefore I don't have to, well, let's say I hope he's off my payroll, right? So he will have a degree. Hopefully he'll have a job that allow him to take care of himself and I will no longer be paying tuition and sending him spending money uh, on a consistent basis. So that's another thing that will drop off um, by the time um, I'm eligible to leave. And so knowing that, I then dis- I can then decide if I want to continue paying my mortgage the way that I am, which mathematically makes sense. Uh, because my interest rate is 5%, which a couple of years ago was seemed sky high. And in these days and with today's interest rate is a low interest. (laughs) So having that, um, so I can continue to pay it the way that I did, or I can just pay it off and then be okay with it. I could also uh, recalibrate my mortgage because I've been making these extra payments. I am on schedule to pay a 30-year mortgage off in 21 years. Uh, But the term of my mortgage is that 30. So I could call the bank and ask them to recalibrate and they would redistribute it so that it went all the way till the end of the mortgage. I don't ever see myself using that option, 
but it's an option. And so having the money in these buckets is really helpful. Really seeing how much would be le- would be left on my mortgage when I am eligible to leave my position um, was is really helpful and really helps me think about like what decision I want to make and be intentional intentional well intentional excuse me about the moves that I make as far as you know my finances as I get closer to that date. Will I leave at that date? I don't know. I truly don't. But I am preparing myself to be able to leave at that time so that it's an option. Like, isn't it great to go to work because you want to, not because you have to? Um, Or great to just say, hey, I've done what I need to and I'm in a situation that I don't have to go to work. So the runway to retirement from this quarter has just really been interesting and allowed me to think about all the options that are available to me and make decisions um, or just explore things that I hadn't explored before because I knew what those um, options are. Given all of that information, if I were to leave early, I'm looking at under five years. And so thinking about it that way, when I initially thought about retirement and planning out my retirement, the thought was that I would have a pension consultation or sit down with a financial advisor halfway through at 50, you know, with 15 more years to go. I missed that check-in, but I did go to a 10-year check-in, meaning that I only had 10 years left to retire. And that's what started me on this building my runway to retiring. Once I discovered that that time may also be shorter, I'm now in this the space to contemplate, do I want to either have another pension consultation or meet with a financial advisor to really um, plan out the remaining years um, before I'm eligible to um, retire or stay the course and then I would be Thinking instead of thinking about meeting with somebody within the next quarter or the next year, I could probably wait to the following year to do another check to see where I'm going and if I'm making the best financial decisions. So although I'm an accredited financial counselor, I believe on always getting a second and sometimes third opinion, not just on your health, but on your money as well. And having someone look at my finances who are not as emotionally tied to them as I am could be really helpful and insightful in my process. So the the runway to retirement is working professionally, Um, and me seeking out avenues that I want to explore and earning money um, once I do retire or even starting that path now. And my financial projections have also been really helpful in saying like, wow, this is if you want to leave earlier, you truly can. Um, And here are some of the things that you 
should consider. Uh, I know I mentioned that, you know, the interest rate is 5%. And if I left the money in the retirement account, I would probably earn anywhere between eight to 10%. So taking out that $100,000, it's kind of like you could leave it in there and you would earn more than you would just paying the mortgage off. But mentally and emotionally for me, having the mortgage paid off would really just like lift a huge weight off my shoulder that at the very least the home would be paid for and I would just have to worry about utilities and um, maintenance and one decision isn't better than another it's just you know your comfort level because personal finance is personal but I share it with you because it's something that I am contemplating and I definitely have to think about um, as I'm closer than to retirement than I ever thought that I uh, actually would be. So if you were thinking about the highest action or the highest leverage action step that you could take in building your own runway to retirement, I would say plan it out. Really look at your options. Sit down. Don't be afraid. Everyone that I've talked to, once they look at the numbers, they have either been really pleasantly surprised or it's kicked them into the action that they needed to go in to make sure that they're where they want to be when they retire. So don't be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. Face your finances head on and make a plan. Remember to stay in the black and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...